0: Roundup about three years ago i've listened to many of his tapes and uh you know i love him i really do you know i think he has uh one hell of a message that that he carries of uh, how he recovered and what alcoholics anonymous has done for him and uh he carries it and shows that it will do that for anybody if they want it jim we'll just say anything
1: <laughs> if it
0: feels good we just say it, if it feels bad we let it
1: <laughs> <clears throat>
0: oh look at me like something's gonna happen it's not going to happen I huh? <clears throat> I went to the restroom while I go. I'm glad they didn't have the speakers in there I was at a place the other night we had a home meeting and this lady waited to start the meeting till I got started in the bathroom and then that's the first time I tried to go and say the surrender practice prayer
2: at the same
1: time. <laughs> I can't do it
0: I just can't do it I'm double-minded but I couldn't do that thank you very much for inviting me I know when you call that we're all sick folks and (coughs) I understand and especially you know this well I heard him three years ago you know and you know then we're sick
1: folks (laughs)
0: however if you're not here tonight you're okay so don't worry about it. Thank you and Dick and Peggy always gets sick and looks better sick than most other (laughs) She just does that to make you feel bad, that's all.
1: <laughs>
0: but I do thank the committee, and i love to come here. You uh, y'all hate, don't know it, but y'all are as sweet as Texans. Y'all really are. And I didn't want to tell you that because I was afraid you'd change, you know. <laughs> but it's okay to be a sweet as Texans. But I am, Jim, I'm an alcoholic. I am. And I'm really not supposed to be an alcoholic. I'm supposed to be a southern, southern Baptist. I'm supposed to live by five commandments. Don't drink whiskey, commit adultery, play cards, dance, or smoke cigarettes. And, of course, we never did do the others anyway, so we didn't have to take those up at all. (laughs) Those were the only ones that we had trouble with. And so I was raised on that Baptist bench. We didn't anybody drink at my house. And I didn't think in this little town in West Texas, where it was a dry county, that means no booze is sold. And they don't even think about it. Ah, there was no reason for me to ever even think that little Jimmy would ever take a drink of whiskey, just, or a cold beer. And I stayed in that church, and it's kind of a funny deal, you know, they point your finger at you. You know, they say, I'm gonna sing one more stanza for that and right back there. You don't know why they're doing it. You hold your throat. It hurts. (laughs) preacher will say, if you think it, you might as well have done it. My God, I was thinking it. I didn't even know what it was. (laughs) But I just knew I must be thinking it. And they'd talk about those folks out there. And I thought, God, I wonder why those folks out there keep staying out there. I was afraid if you joined up with them, you never would find out what those folks did out there. And they kept singing that stanza. Then finally I got to be about thirteen, which will happen if you do what I was doing one day at a time. <laughs> and I got around this girl and got those funny feelings. And I told them about it. They said, We've been meaning to talk to you, say I knew the head. <laughs> says, you know we've been praying for you. She is not like AA. A says, Saw old Dick lay in the ditch last night, if he lives, we'll get him. <laughs> This bunch, they just look at, see that deal in your eyes. They see that spark down there deep in your eyes. They know you got, then they start praying for you.
1: <laughs>
0: and they start meeting, together, pointing at you, singing that stanza. There he is. That's the one. We got to get him in here. Well, I told them about it. They said, meet us before the service. And I met them before the service. And you know what? I'm going to do it. I want to do it because I know if I do it, I'm going to be a good boy. And I want to be a good boy. I haven't been good enough yet because nobody's loved me enough yet and I'm not fitting in, I know when I do what they tell me to do, I'm going to be there. They're going to love me like I want to be loved, and I'm going to fit in like I want to fit. And, man, they send that last stanza, that and right back there. And I came down the aisle, my throat was choking, I was scared to death, but it's kind of like, hey, except don't give out any chips.
2: <laughs>
0: they hug you and kiss you and tell you how great you are, and of course, you know you're not, but hell, I liked it they put you in the tank and hanked your leaks, you choke a little but you come out okay went to school the next day and saw that girl came right back
1: <laughs>
0: I went back and told them we'll I have to do it again didn't take
1: <clears throat>
0: they said no you just don't do it well they didn't know I didn't know how to don't do anything I didn't know I didn't know how to don't do anything I didn't know they could just say, don't do that. And they didn't do it anymore. I said, how do you don't do it? Don't. Think about it. I said, God, I wonder why I didn't think about that. <laughs> and I thought, well, it's 2.30. I've been thinking about it all day today. I'll just go ahead and think about it the rest of the day. And tomorrow when I get up, I'll never think about it again. <laughs>
1: Got
0: up the next morning, thought about it more than ever thought about it in <laughs> I had no idea that I'm the kind of guy when I start not to do something, I'm going to do it more than I ever did before. And when I start not to think about it, I'm just going to think about it all the time. I think I even thought about it while I was sleeping.
1: Because just as soon as I waked up, there I was. Well,
0: I finally got to be 17, which will happen to you. You just keep doing what I was doing. And I still never did fit in. My folks would say, Jimmy would never want to do that. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> They'd say, Jimmy wants to do that. No, I didn't either. And I already knew there's something wrong with me. I wasn't fitting in. They never did love me enough. Nothing was ever enough. Well, I heard about a town that was 30 miles away. It's a long way, you know. 30 miles away that was wild and wicked. So one Saturday, that's before he did things during the week. We took a bath and everything on Saturday. <laughs> this guy and I slipped over there, opened the door of that honky tonk beer joint. And there was that deacon with a warm girl in one hand and a cold beer in the other. I said, my God, let's get out of here. He'll tell Jesus on us. And we didn't even get to do it. I should have known then, if you get caught before you do it, y'all just give it up. This guy said, he can't tell anybody, but I knew he had a better shot with Jesus than I did. However, he had, I thought deacons were just sad. You know, he looks sad every morning. I like the girl he is with a lot better than the ones he was with on Sunday morning. (laughs) And besides, he is happier than I'd ever seen him. Now I know what happened to him. The reason he's sad on Sunday morning, hell, he is tired. (laughs) (laughs) We had two beers, didn't do anything for me. Didn't smell good, taste good, feel good. Got through those two beers, glad to get out of there. The next morning I wanted to go to church, first time in life I thought, Maybe you get old enough, you don't have to go. There he was, sad like he always was. Then I had my first spiritual awakening. Maybe you can do it a little bit and just don't tell anybody. (laughs) So I told my buddy, I said, don't tell a soul. Next Saturday we're going to go back. It's a big town, had two joints, we're going to the other joint. Went to the other joint, and as far as I know, there's no deacons there. And I learned how to do everything but commit adultery. I'd have done that except didn't know how in the first place. And the second place, we get so busy. Then if we do, we don't know whether we did or not. And you can't call back and say, we do anything last night? Hell, you might have and everything is fine. I didn't know it. I was just getting ready to live a life of, I don't know. I learned how to drink. All I had to do is just drink. I just drank one beer right after the other. Wasn't anything to it. I learned it, caught on the second trip. Second try. And I got feeling so good I couldn't feel at all. Learned how to dance, Something bad Badgers not allowed to dance. Learned how to fall down and the dance floor, broke my nose right there, did it four times after that. After <laughs> I learned how to do it. Blacked out, just like I was supposed to, waked up the next morning, threw up. And this guy called, said, how you feel? I said, my God, I feel horrible. He said, oh, but you had a great time. And I said, oh, well. <laughs> Then I knew how to have a good time, just go out and get drunk, black out, pass out, wake up next morning, throw up, then you know you had a good time. (laughs) I never did know you drank any other way. I never knew that when you went to drink, you didn't go drink. I didn't know people, when they said, let's grab a beer, that meant close the joint. I didn't know anybody did it any other way. I thought the poor people that drank a drink and a half, left part of it, or messed with it the last week of it to where nothing happens. or ate a sandwich with a beer just didn't know how to do it I was on an airplane the other day this guy must have been Catholic you know Catholics drink
1: <laughs> if you don't
0: believe it just ask the Southern Baptists they know the Catholics drink
1: <laughs>
0: I didn't get to talk to the Catholics knowingly until I got here you know and I was on the plane and we had a sandwich that they gave us a sandwich and this guy had a sandwich, a cup of coffee, and I had a sandwich and diet drink so I'd lose weight. And then this girl says, would you like anything else? He said, yeah, I'd like a scotch and soda. And I started telling him, you, you waste your time. You're blowing two and a half. The show's over. You've already ruined the whole deal. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, since I've been in AA, I've been wrong about one or two things. I might just check that out. I watched him. And they brought him a little old bitty bottle Hell, I didn't even think Get the stuff out of the neck Was about like that
1: <laughs>
0: And I thought God, you'd have to order those A dozen at a time
1: <clears throat>
0: And he finally got it in there When it's too late Anyway, you know I said, the plane's going to land Before he gets that drink fixed And then he drank it And you know what happened to him? Nothing And I knew I was right those people are just wasting their money trying to drink that stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: and I started to tell him, I said, oh, he's Catholic. Just let him live in ignorance for the rest of his life.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know that the Catholics and the Baptists are two of the hardest ones to find God. But once you all get, him, get them in there, why, well, they do pretty good, you know, once you get them. Well, I kept doing that. I always did it a lot when I did it, but I couldn't do it too much. For it. First, because you get caught, you know. And then they had a war and of course i went because they had a finger on the sign said we need you and i oh i needed to be needed so i went (laughs) after i got there they didn't seem to be too happy out there but it was a funny bunch god they got up in the dark the middle of the night (laughs) with nothing going on we just got up (laughs) and we ate threw up when you couldn't do anything you know you couldn't eat god you can't eat in the dark and they're scared. They walked in groups. <laughs> never would get out by themselves. I know they're scared all night, somebody's going to get us. I never could figure out who it was as actress, but I knew we had to walk in groups.
1: <clears throat>
0: and then at night, when things got ready to get started at 9 o'clock, they said, turn out the lights and go to bed. <laughs> and then they decided it'd be good for some of us to go to China so i wanted to go i'd never been you know and coming from a small town i thought traveling would be good for me so i went to china and god we went by boat i'm in the air force so we went by boat i guess they flew the navy over there I'll bet you nobody knows what happened causing that war to stop because we didn't have anything to do with it I didn't even notice anything's going on the place we got over in China there's a lot of Chinese over there
1: <laughs> they've
0: got more Chinese over there than they've got trees you'd stop out in the middle of the country wouldn't see a soul just look at the trees in the mountains stay there about 10 minutes here they come they just I really think they've got too many <laughs> <clears throat> after i'd been over there about three weeks i'd seen it and i told them i was ready to go home
1: <laughs>
0: and they stayed two years and we'd have a big time on saturday night they'd say the bombers are coming so we'd go up and get in the hills those little caves they'd drop those little bombs we'd have little firecrackers going off you know and then that'd be all was to it except a lot of times it was too cool you'd run up there in your shorts get a little cool
1: but
0: outside it's no big deal it's just something to do on saturday night was not to do over there you know well, they finally came back by boat,
1: <laughs>
0: and then, of course, everybody was going to school. And my folks says, you're going to school? I said, no, hell, I hate school. What are you going to do? Go to work? Where? Well, I don't know. Somewhere. Well, you don't know anything to do, it. remember, from now on, if you do not have that piece of paper, you will not be able to get a job anywhere. Everybody is going to have that piece of paper. Everybody has been to service is going to school. Everybody's coming out of school is going to school. I said, my God, I failed school. Couldn't get out of school. Had to go to service school to get to school. Hate school. Went to school.
1: <laughs>
0: but I proved my folks wrong. I got that piece of paper, but I made sure that I didn't learn anything. <laughs>
1: you
0: know what I like about you and I? We're the only one that will insist upon destroying ourselves just to be right.
1: <laughs>
0: A lot of people won't do that.
1: But we will.
0: We'll do it. We're, you know, there's one statement we'll never be guilty of. I may be wrong about that. No. If we ever say that, it's when we're damn sure we're right.
1: <laughs>
0: Having some minor difficulties with women. I
1: don't
0: know where I learned it. If you put 10 pretty girls up there, I'll get the sick one every time.
1: <laughs> I don't know where I
0: learned how to do that. I'd see other guys, they just go with any woman. Well, you know you can't do that. You're not supposed to go with a girl unless it's one you can take home and one that you'd marry and one that you're in love with. The only awkward part about being the way I am is when you're in love and don't have a girl. The way my deal was is take me about two months to find one. And then when I'd finally find her, uh, we'd be so much in love in two months, I'd almost have to quit work. (laughs) Then that just deteriorates from there on out. God, when I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, I said, my God, this is heaven. The first time in my life that they had the sick women grouped. (laughs) You had two kinds. The ones that did it and got sick and the ones that watched them do it and get sick. (laughs) And being an open-minded person, I was acceptable to both. Well, of course, I had a very disappointing news when I got out of school. You're supposed to go to work. I had no idea that there was one thing I did not care for. I hadn't noticed it before. You know, I did a part-time job going to school, and I thought it wasn't bad. But this way, every place I worked, they wanted me to come work on Mondays. And a lot of times, I wasn't well on Mondays. Had a lot of flu. on. We had flu in Texas on Mondays. Bad flu. And they never did run it right. They never did treat me right nor pay me right. And you and I, being the way we are, when we see things wrong, we have to, we just can't stand for people to do things wrong. We just know they need to do it right. And I kept explaining to them over and over (laughs) what they're doing wrong. Took me a long time to notice I was always the one that was leaving. (laughs) Some of the places where I work are still operating doing it wrong. I think that's the reason most of us shouldn't be in business for ourselves. We're really too smart to be in
1: business.
0: <laughs> Finally lost a job and couldn't get one. And I, the way I'd look for jobs, I'd get up every morning, throw up and spray, then I'd go fill out one of those damn forms which ask you many questions they should not ask you. Like, where have you worked the last 10 years? <laughs> which is nobody's business. They even wanna know where you've lived, and that certainly is none of their business. And then you've got to figure out in those blanks, what do you think they'd like for me to say?
1: <laughs> and that
0: takes a long time to fill that out. And then, of course, the interview doesn't last long. You don't get the job, you go out and get drunk, do it again the next day. And I did that for about 10 days. And then I knew this place where I knew a guy and I knew that they'd hire me. Because I knew the guy down there and I knew they had an opening. And I went down there and that guy was sitting with us, other guy, and he says, you don't want this job. I said, yeah. Everybody knew what I didn't want. Everybody knew what I wanted. It was always the
1: opposite.
0: I said, I need the job. I'm out of job. I need it bad. I'm broke. I need the money. You don't want this job. I also knew there's something he'd like to tell me about me, but he didn't know how to do it. I also knew they were going to be more comfortable when I left. <laughs> so I just went out and got drunk, waked up the next morning, threw up sprayed, and decided, I think I'll take the day off. <laughs> Been doing that for almost 10 days. Went out the golf course, and ate no leg, no piece of toast I thought I might drink later. Walked around that old beer joint near the golf course where my only last friend who understood me was. He said, God, you look horrible this morning. I said, I think I'm coming down with something. He said, the way you're vibrating, I think you need a beer. And I said, oh, my God, I couldn't drink now. He said, you know, I'm Baptist. We never drink before noon, which is 10.30, and it's only 9.15. He said, the way you look, I don't think it'd make any difference. I drank half that beer and sprayed the golf course with it. I don't mind spraying if I don't lose my concentration. <laughs> gets thinking about women or something and then gets in your nose and burns. You have to drink the rest of the day to kill the pain. I knew how to meditate before I got here. I do not meditate that close anymore. It's when it's just me, God, and the commode, and I say, oh, God. (laughs) And it's stringy, and you don't know where the end is, and you can't bring it back, so you don't know whether you're going or staying. You know it's so tiring when you meditate that deeply. That's the reason I don't do it anymore. <laughs> they ought to use that commode part for the energy deal, even in the hot summertime. You know it's so tiring, and you're kind of tired that you need to rest a moment, and you just lean over there, and that's just as cool. <clears throat> I told that guy, I said, I think I better go home. So I went home. I love to have a meeting with me. You know, I call on hospitals and I be driving out towards that hospital. I said, God, I hate to go out to that big old hospital. It's hard to find a place to park. And besides that, you got to carry that kit down through the lobby, down through the basement, down there to see that Percy agent. You know what kind of guy he is. Hell, he ain't going to buy anything anyway. You don't even have to stop. You just drive right on by and go to the beer joint Said, how was your day? Terrible. Didn't buy nothing again today. So I thought, you know, I think I'll commit suicide. And those guys that didn't hire me will worry about that for the rest of their days. They'll see in their Jimmy Williams commit suicide and they'll never get over it. They'll worry about that till they die. But I didn't know how to do it. Now it's nothing to anything anymore. God, you see it TV all the time. Suicide, call this number.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, I was back before they knew we needed to commit suicide. You know, now I'm sure they've got a bunch of ways to do it the painless way, and now they've got overdose, very popular overdose is. The only thing they remember is the pump. And I'm, I'm from the old school where you should be sound in mind and body when you commit suicide. I remember all three of mine. I was there knew what I was doing. I didn't like guns. They're noisy. I don't like noise of the morning. They splatter all over everything. Razor blades were popular then, but I didn't know how to do it. I knew you couldn't do it in the living room, you get blood all over the carpet. Now I'm always thinking of others.
1: <laughs>
0: so when in doubt, just go in the bathroom. Did a lot had a lot of meetings in there anyway. Got my razor blade and sat out on the throne. Got a and cut both wrists. I had sense enough to know if you cut the left wrist, the left side'll die and the right side'll be alive.
1: And...
0: <laughs> you know, we're pretty smart about things, even though we haven't done it before. So I just cut both wrists, I'm just sitting there, listening to the trip,
1: <laughs>
0: thinking about those guys, never going to get over it, and the phone rang. <laughs>
1: then
0: I thought, what if where I'm going I'll always wonder who that was <laughs> caught? <laughs>
1: That'd be enough
0: to run you crazy. <laughs> so I put a band-aid on my wrist right quick, <laughs> answered the phone, and it's the police. Well, they're kind I think they ministers train them. Come go along with me. Except I never talked to one yet. They didn't have a personality change. They need this program badly. They'll never make it, but they need it. When they'd say, come go along with me, I said, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Then they start to get all excited. (laughs) I said, hell, I'm not going. I've got to go home. Then they go nuts, and you have to pacify them and go along with them. (laughs) This guy said, where were you last night? I said, I was right here. He said, no, you what?" I said, how do you know? We is there. Then I didn't want to talk to him anymore. I'd already learned to ever talk to anybody knows more about where you've been than you do. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, well, you can either come down here or we'll come out there and get you. I said, I'll be right there. He said, if I were you, I'd pick up an attorney on the way. I said, I'll do that. It'll cost me, take me about 30 minutes later, but I'll be there. I love to live with me. I can live a week and a half a day it's just 11 o'clock and I've had a hell of a day I've had three big meetings been out the golf course committed suicide and now I've got to call an emergency meeting because something's come up and I thought you know I've lived in Houston long enough (laughs) And I've got $36 it's before inflation was plenty to start a new career <laughs> I think I'll just leave so I just got all my dirty clothes clean clothes had one piece of furniture and a lamp I was going to carry the light I guess if I could ever find a place to plug it in <laughs> and mailed the keys to the folks that owned the joint and left town got me a pint of whiskey in case anything happened waked up the next morning with seven dollars in a town about 170 miles from there and I said Wonder how my folks are getting along.
1: <laughs>
0: so I called them, and they said, where are you? I said, I'm in Brownwood, Texas. Where are you going? Well, I'm going to Lubbock. I knew that was west of Houston. And I knew my friend was there. I just hadn't met him yet. And they said, well, why don't you come by here and have a cup of coffee to live in Fort Worth? I said, I believe I'll do that. Haven't seen you in a while. I've been hungry to see you. Went by to see him. I never shortchanged my folks. They're never gonna get their money back, so I give them my very finest performance every time. In fact, that story I told them that night was so horrible, I got to listen to it. Hell, I cried with them. And I thought, when I was laying there in bed that night, I thought, my God, if I'd have known that deal was that bad in Houston, I'd have left there three years ago. And old John said, well, Jimmy's honest. Let him have 100. My God, 107. You can almost go into business. <laughs> I knew I had to sweat out the night, so I sweat out the night. The next day I got up, and I, right before I left, I said, oh, by the way, there's one little thing I left out last night. I've been drinking some, going through all that hell down there. I just want you to know that last night I decided that I'm never going to drink another drop as long as I live and my folks didn't have any expression whatsoever <laughs> just like I told that post before they covered it I asked my aunt after gotten A I went back up there to my year birthday to tell her the great news
1: <clears throat> and I said
0: do you remember that time and she said which one <laughs> and she said well I think I do and I think I turned around to John and said what do you think and he said he's 33 He'll never make it <laughs> till he's 35. He said, every time you left us, we thought that probably will be the last time. I got in that car and regrouped. I thought, there's no point in going to Lubbock. That guy's probably not there. I think I'll go down to Rio Grande Valley. Never been. New guy went down there five years ago. Don't call. He'll tell you not to come. Drove right out of Fort Worth. Got out about 10, 12 miles. And they got a town here named Waco too, hasn't and I said, how far is the Waco? Stopped at a filling station, just happened to sell beer. And he says, 79 miles. I said, let me have three." But beer's not drinking anyway, you know. And I end up in the Rio Grande Valley. I'm going to tell you something that's different, folks. The Rio Grande Valley is not in Texas, United States. It's in the Rio Grande, or Mexico. It's just there. There's a ranch that's 55 miles with nothing in between. And I... I started driving down, and I thought I was never going to get there. I thought I was going to run out of ground before I got there. <laughs> and I saw that sign, I flipped back that beard, I said, what does that mean? He said, that's a ranch. There's nothing in between. I said, let me have six tall boys.
1: <laughs>
0: I got there. It took me about three weeks sitting around, and I, I never took my stuff out of the car. I'd go down and get a pair of shorts, socks, shirt, go up, change of clothes, beautiful downtown hotel I was staying in, came back, go out and stayed at this place trying to get a job. Now, they'll hire you there. 'Cause nobody goes through down there. A lot of people come up here from the Midwest and go down there in the wintertime but they just go down there to live. You see they change countries down there got a little creek and they go in another country new language and everything. Beautiful place to get drunk and die but not outside of that. So they hired me. They'll hire you if you're just breathing halfway and for some reason I could always work seven days a week and kind of just get drunk not drunk drunk and get up to where I knew get my place. Sometimes I had to tell him about a guy that maybe need, need not to be there, that had a guy in the wrong place. I'd have to explain it to him, show him the way, you know, and then get his place. Then I got into my place, I'm laying over there taking a little nap about 15 minutes after I got off work because I knew I was going to get drunk. you got to get rested to go do that sometimes. And the manager came by and said, would you like to go get a beer? I said, oh, I guess so. He was a drunk, just like me. I lasted there eight years. <laughs> fact I'd have still been there dad there I guess if he hadn't lost his job
1: <laughs>
0: he was covering for me of course it didn't take long to get rid of me after that and I'm trying to get married my god I've been trying to get married since I'm 17 been in love you know since I was 13 so I was trying to go with two women one was not working out and you get that awkward spot so then finally I'm trying it with two and courtin's hard you know you call them about three thirty, four 4 o'clock and I'll see you about 7 might be four or five days before you get by there
1: <laughs>
0: but I finally got me one that was a little different you know there's nothing that's more romantic and sweet and precious living than just stand up with a man and woman cussing each other out you know <laughs> telling each other what you are and but don't hurt yourselves. this girl took advantage of me a couple of times while my equilibrium wasn't right <laughs> and usually my weekends are pretty well planned I have a I get used to go to work early in the morning and I got off early so I I was always drunk early and in bed 8 or 9 o'clock so on Saturdays it's a different deal get off twelve fifteen, 15 run out and get drunk come home take a nap get up at 10 o'clock go out and get drunk So I had a matinee and a <laughs> late evening and then Sunday you just get drunk trying to stop Monday And I did that every weekend, but this particular time, I was going to work on Saturday, and I'm up at 11 o'clock. I'm not supposed to be up at 11 o'clock on Friday night. The whole thing's out of, and I'm over at her house, and I just, being honest, like I've always been, I've made a little comment that I might drop by on the way home and see this other girl. But I wanted to go to her bathroom first For some reason, honesty, a lot of people can't take real honesty. (laughs) This didn't go over well with her for some reason. And she followed me in the bathroom. And we had a meeting there. That's the wrong place to have a meeting. Don't ever have a meeting. There's nothing soft in there, you know. (laughs) And I don't know what happened because I don't remember being there. But I I just kind of remember going in there and I kind of remember her coming in and mentioning some nice word. And then I don't know what happened after that. Next morning, I'm just laying there like I'm supposed to be and living in a beautiful place. An old, old, old faded green trailer. (laughs) It's in an alley behind the motel. I had a rock yard a long time before these people started putting them in. I'd see those weeds come up there, you know, I said, You'll never make it. You'll never make it. I'd already learned how to wake up in total fright in my own bed. I never knew how I got home. If it was in my home, I never knew how I got home. And about that time I'm laying there asleep like I was supposed to be and Boom! Something hit that door and I jumped up, looked down, my God, I had my clothes on, I thought, i bet you I was going somewhere early this morning. <laughs> Opened that door and there was that six foot four, 240 pound Baptist preacher saying, come go along with me. I said, preacher, I can't make it. I know I don't look like, I know I look like I'm ready, but I'm really not ready. I haven't been up that long. I re- And I looked down there on an old white shirt and had a piece of blood on it. Blood makes me sick, you know. Didn't know whose it was and my head felt like I'd been hit with a hammer, been in a car wreck or something. Looked out there, my car looked okay. Park's funny, but it looked okay. And he said, get in the car. I said, Preacher, I can't make it. My God, I can't make it. I can't make it. You just don't realize what I'm in right now. And he said, get in the car. And I got in the car. And I said, Preacher, I'm going to have to have beer. Doesn't make any there is what you say. I'm going to have to have beer. I'm going to have to have it right now. He said, there'll be no drinking before the meeting. Now I knew I was supposed to go to the meeting. And we drove, and drove up in front of her house. So I assumed the meeting was going to be at her house. And I went in there and my head kept throbbing. You know, hangovers are nothing. But this thing kept like somebody hit me in the head had a couple of knots there but I you know knocks don't feel just naughty you know we opened the door and there she was and she didn't look like she might have fallen in a bush or something you
1: know. and I
0: said well I've got to go to the bathroom Now I went there and looked in that mirror and I'm gonna tell you something she won <laughs> I never could find out for sure what happened, but I think I know. I think I must have lost my equilibrium, and I fell in that fat tub, and she stepped on me.
1: <laughs> Two weeks later, we got married. <laughs>
0: we got married the First Baptist Church, so it worked. And the preacher said there'd be no drinking before the funeral, uh, the marriage. So I, it screwed up. It was on Saturday, and I was off again. I was up at 11 o'clock again, and I said, there's no use us getting married, because, I mean, having anybody, because, you know, you've been married before, and I haven't, you know. And, of course, I started calling people at 11, quit 3 a.m. Called a lot of people. really enjoyed getting called between 1 and 3. They commented on it when we got to the uh, funeral house, parlor, uh, church house. My beer distributor friend said, you call me at 10 minutes till 3. You know better than that. And said, I'm going to tell you something. We didn't come down here to see y'all get married. We came down here because we could not believe it. (laughs) And he said, I don't want to disappoint you or anything, but the longest bet on your marriage is three weeks. But we showed them. We hung it in there for eight years.
1: But my life changed. (laughs) I
0: had no idea how nice it was to get up and throw up in peace.
1: <laughs>
0: I was always going to quit smoking because it made me gag the morning. So I'd grab those cigarettes, that coffee, and go in that bathroom and lock that door and she'd tell me what I was. I'd have to get upset, go out and make the living, run out and get drunk, then come home and tell her what she was, and we did that one day at a time.
1: <laughs> Only
0: good day we ever had was when we were both just too tired. <laughs> I went, I went back to that preacher and I said, Preacher, this thing's not working. We're having hell. He says, you know what's wrong with these? Y'all are missing the beauty of life. I said, yeah. He said, do you realize the fruit trees are in bloom? I said, no. He said, yeah, why don't you go get your wife and y'all drive around and look at the blossoms?" I said,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I ran and got in the car and went home I said, get in the car.
1: <laughs>
0: he said, what for? I said, we're going to go look at the blossom.
1: <laughs> he says, the
0: blossom? I said, yeah, we're missing the whole damn thing.
1: <laughs>
0: she got in the car, and I stopped by and got a six-pack.
1: <laughs>
0: Drove up the valley, saw a sign that said 14 miles from Battle Marsh, turned left, went to Battle Marsh, switched to Tequila, blacked out, missed the whole damn thing.
1: <laughs> <clears throat>
0: Lost that job. Couldn't get one. Two months. Went totally, absolutely insane for two months. Every day. Looking for a job. Go as far as Missouri. When I lose a job, I'm always going to change professions. And I'll go into something I've never had any experience in or know nothing about. And that way you never, hardly ever get a job. (laughs) I went as far as Springfield, Missouri to go to manage a country club now. Wouldn't I have been good at that? And then a guy who managed a drug company hired me. And he was a drunk whom I drank with. And he was a drunk just like me. Well, it took him about six weeks to find out one drunk in that drug company in the valley was enough. And he shipped me to Fort Stockton, Texas. Now, you need to go to Fort Stockton sometimes (laughs) to appreciate where you are. (laughs)
1: 536
0: people live there. 36 of them are making a living. I joined the 500. Got a lot of little trees out there about that high. You can see California on a clear day. And I was supposed to hold a pad like this and write. Well, nothing worked. My arm would go up, this is going down, I never could get them going right. And I'm standing there in that drugstore, and this pharmacist says, You look like you're going to fly apart. I said, Any minute. <coughs> And he said, well, take some of these. This was before Valium. I understand Valium, you take that and both eyes cross and you walk straight. <laughs> this was just Librium, which is absolutely nothing. So I took two of them, waited 15 or 20 seconds. You know what happened? <laughs> nothing happened. So I took three more.
1: <laughs>
0: then my knees just said,
1: huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said, hell, I've got to learn a new stance. I knew how to weave. I used to go to weave. Very silly. one night I was coming home and I was weaving and I was kind of, you know, I really liked to weave. I'd rather weave than walk right. And one night I came there and I just was going over in that bush and I knew I was going. I could have stopped, but I thought, hell, I ain't doing anything.
1: <laughs>
0: now I was so glad I did it, because uh, sure enough, the next day, then you'll watch the neighbor scratch my face, And hell, I didn't just fell in that damn bush. <clears throat> I might tell you this, i it doesn't have anything to do, will put this on tape, but this, because I don't want any doctors or anybody to know about it, it was 50 or 60 miles between every call out there, so you'd think it was okay when you left town, and then there's nothing out there but a few cows hanging on the fence, and some, you know, sagebrush or tumbleweeds, what they call them, and against the fence, and it's pretty dry out there, and then that total fear set in, and you couldn't take those tablets. Now, I remember one time somebody told me, if you ever get nervous and your mouth gets dry, bite the tip of your tongue. Come down on the tip of your tongue, saliva comes, you swallow those tablets. No charge for that, no, put that on there.
1: <coughs>
0: in case you go back, you might be out in West Texas, wake up out there with no water and some Valium or something, and you need it, you know, quart.
1: Or a bottle, take a bottle
0: of it. Hell, there ain't no use messing with it. I like us, we don't mess with nothing. How much is in the bottle? I don't know. How much you take? Whatever was in the bottle. What bottle is this? Whatever bottle it is. You know, it's amazing, I can just drink anything today. I don't care Is it's some kind of punch. What does it tastes like? Well, I don't know, what there's it make? I can drink it. God, I never drink anything because it tastes good anyway.
1: I just drank
0: stuff because it did good. Lost that job. <laughs> Some guy out of Indiana had recommended me for a job and they flew me up there and I didn't know who they were or what they were and they was forty two years old and I knew you couldn't ask, my God, you ought to know who they are. Didn't know what they did. They sat around and looked at you, and I looked at them, they looked at me, and the president of the country said, We don't know why you're here. Well I couldn't answer that. I didn't know why I was there either. So finally, the guy, vice president, head of sales, it was 2.30 in the afternoon. That's a long time
1: past 10.30. <laughs> now,
0: I'm not moving on the outside, but I'm moving on the
1: inside.
0: <laughs> I want you to know my insides move. They don't mess around. And I said, I don't know what the holdup is here, but I know one thing. Whatever it is you all are questioning, I can do it. He said, we don't think you can do it. I said, I can do it. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I could do it. <laughs> then made said, what it was, I need to do it right then. I never did it anymore. He said, well, I'm going to go ahead and hire you, but we think we're making a mistake. And I said, well, you're not making a mistake. (coughs) So it was back in Houston. I go back to Houston. That was March the 1st of 1965. And I go back and I last nine months. None of these customers saw me drunk. I would always, if I did have a drink or two with them accidentally at the golf course or something, I'd slip off and go to my place and get drunk and black out and go home. I went home one way only, and that's blacked out. I don't think you should go home any other way and <clears throat> that way you don't know what happens and then when she tells you you don't have to believe it because you don't own don't believe it you know if wouldn't tell you the truth anyway
1: <clears throat>
0: and the day before Christmas Eve of 1965 I played golf with some people and I had some people there from Oklahoma and Kansas the relatives and two foursomes and I tried to be hospital and I was a little too hospitable and we had beer, and I forgot to eat the sandwich. I had the beer, but I forgot to eat the sandwich. I blacked out, which is nothing new for me, drove from one side of Houston to the other, waked up the next morning, threw up just like I was supposed to, waked up in total fright, looked out there, and there's my car, and it's back. Don't know how it got back, and it never says. (laughs) Picked up the phone, called them, just like I always did. Always after a party, I'd always, if, if they let me go, I'd call and say, sure am sorry about last night wasn't sorry about last night, I wanted them to tell me what I did. And the only thing they would always say was, it was okay, Jim, you just got drunk. (laughs) God, I was getting drunk was getting to be a bad word with me. God, if they said alcoholic, I could handle that, but drunk was getting to be bad. I'm not an alcoholic. Oh, what's her name had gone next door getting ready to have a party it's Christmas Eve. And I guess heard on radio. I picked up the phone book, looked under Alcoholics Anonymous, and called in a group. And this girl act like she's glad I called, which I should have known then I had the wrong number. <laughs> she said, Somebody be right out. Well I waited an hour. Ten fifteen, looked the ice box, had three beers. I said, I just call him back and I don't need him. About that time the phone rang he said, Be right there before I could tell him, didn't need him, hell he hung up. The guy came by himself because he had been living, he and his wife had managed these apartments and had just left two months before that. And he said I used to watch you go back and forth to 7-Eleven saying, if he lives, we'll get him. I thought, I'll just get rid of him. I looked out the door and here he comes, short deacon, looked like a deacon, sad, had a book on his arm. I said, oh hell, (laughs) we're going to pray and read that book. I've not only been baptized, I've been rededicated 10 times. I said, I'll just get rid of him. He walked in that door. We didn't read that book, and we didn't pray. I don't even know what he said. About that time, old What's-Her-Name came back in. He said, you want to go with me? Well, I didn't, but it's better than staying with her. (laughs) So I got in the car with him, and he hit the old 610 loop in Houston. I said, God, I've made a mistake. I've gone off with a perfect stranger. He's not my kind of guy. I know better not to take my car, damn it. And I said, I'll buy a beer. I don't want a beer. God, I knew it. I wait about 15 seconds I said I'm gonna tell you something I got bad drunk last night and I'm gonna tell you either let me off here and I'll walk off this freeway I've got to go to that you told him or you take me over there I've got to have a beer I've got to have it right now and besides that's 11 15 he said can you wait till we get to the club oh yeah I can do that
1: <laughs> I can
0: handle total fright if I got a little light it's when there's no light so I can't handle that fright and we drove and drove over kind of a bad neighborhood. Drove up from front this old house. I said, this it? He said, yeah. I thought, well, when I get some money, I'll help these folks.
1: <laughs>
0: Went in some of the deacons were sitting over there talking about women in the stock market. And I found out later on, didn't know anything about either one. <laughs> and the old bar back there in the back with an old piece of linoleum over it, had holes in it. And the bartender didn't look a hell of a lot better than I did. <laughs> this is a program of attraction, you know. <laughs> this guy says mix him up a little milk and honey i said by god what do you put in it i never drank anything like that in my
1: life
0: he said well you see you're nervous i said hell that's what i've been trying to tell you he said and you're used to sugar from your system from alcohol and the honey's already been digested I said, indigestion's not my problem. (laughs)
1: You
0: know, if you throw up right, you don't have indigestion. (laughs) Well, I started drinking and it curdle came right back up. (laughs) He said, don't worry about it, we have plenty. (laughs) I thought, hell, I guess I'm just going to put on a show here for these guys. (laughs) One of the smart ones said, walk all you want to. Hell, I didn't want to walk at all. You know how they do you, Shut that milk and honey, walk up and down there and they said, got a new animal in here today. And they say, Watch you walk up, they just tell jokes, laugh at you. God, and as long as the day went, that sweet, 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 sick, sick, sweet, sweet, sick, sweet. I can almost taste that, sick, sweet, sick. Hell, I hadn't had a piece of chocolate pie in 15 years. Finally, about five o'clock, he said, I guess we better go, I said, yeah. Got in the car, and I thought, let me out two blocks before the apartment. I was gonna slip in there and get in my car. I knew you had to go get some bourbon. Beer would not cut that sweet taste out it." He said, don't drink anything. I'm gonna pick you up in an hour. I said, what for? We're going to a meeting. I said, where? Right back where we came from. I said, my God, we are there all day they were just letting me out the apartment and I waited here he coming back over there we go it's kind of a funny bunch I saw four or five of them kind of hugging and kissing kind of laughing a little the rest of them looked about as sad as I did. they looked like they're too happy to be there and they started out a little old funny prayer and then some girl got up talking about 30 40 minutes hell they just laughed she didn't say nothing funny <laughs> Guy got up and talked a while. They just laughed. What a damn thing. Funny. I said, Hell, these people are crazy.
1: <laughs>
0: then they got up and held hands, said the Lord's Prayer. By God, the Holy Spirit moved in that place. They all started talking at the same time. Not a one of them blitzed it. I said, How the hell they do that? God, it just exploded. They didn't sing any songs, go down and kneel down there, they didn't do nothing. Boom, there you go. Hell, is all alive, glad he's there, and everything is fine. And about 30 minutes later, I'm standing over there with this deacon. Nobody's speaking to us. He's sad. He's not grinning and laughing. I'm not grinning and laughing, but everybody else having a good time. <laughs> then I saw men and women getting together, taking off and jumping in those cars, two or three cars at a time, <laughs> take it off. Then I knew the deal. As soon as you get in there for a while, you start having a little drink, go off and you talk about this thing. <laughs> we kept going and going. Nobody invited us. I said, I've got the only one. I've got the only one. One night it just raining, raining, raining. My God, it rains in Houston. different didn't rain anywhere else. just falls out, <laughs>
1: This
0: guy said, pick you up about 30 minutes. I said, hell, it's raining. He said, Jerry, go get a drink? What's raining? I said, I'll be ready.
1: <laughs>
0: then one night, oh, what's the name? was out of town, and I just pulled out all the shades, turned out all the lights, had nothing on but the TV set. That old phone just ring, ring, rass, let it ring. Next morning he called and said, Where were you last night? I said, I was right here watching television, had a fantastic time, may do it again tonight. He said, Well, you missed it. I said, What did I miss?
1: He said, I don't know. I
0: said, Wasn't you there? He said, Yeah. But I only heard what I was supposed to hear. We'll never know what it was you're supposed to hear. I thought, my God, you've got to go every night. You'll miss it.
1: <clears throat>
0: well, I went to three. Every night, three months got drunk. Every night, three months got drunk. Every night, three months got drunk. Then I sobered up on my own. All by myself, because I'd heard it takes 72 hours for the alcohol to get out of your system. So I waited about 60, and that was enough. Then <laughs> I was going to go back to the meeting and officially resign,
1: and <laughs> tell them I did
0: not need them anymore. That I have figured out what's wrong. The only thing that's really wrong with me is I've always been underfinanced.
1: <laughs>
0: and if I can just get financed, I can work everything else out, like leave before I got to tell him the meeting started and after the meeting here he come and boy I was ready for him. he walked up to me and before I could tell him he said don't you ever call me again (laughs) I looked at that little
1: bastard (laughs) I said
0: I'm gonna tell you something I didn't call you in the first place they called you and I'm gonna tell you something that nobody else will tell you nobody here likes you (laughs) We don't get invited anywhere, (laughs) and they don't know me, so it's got to be you.
1: (laughs) And if I had as
0: bad a personality as you did, I'd go back to drinking. (laughs) And you don't ever have to worry about me calling you again, I'll never call you again as long as I live, and I didn't till the next morning. I called him the next morning, he said, meet me at the club. I met him at the club and walked the door, he said, get your coffee and sit down, they talk to you like a dog here, you know. <laughs> he said, now I'm going to tell you something about Alcoholics Anonymous, Al-Nine, Al-Tot, and Al-Dog. <laughs> There's absolutely no failure here. This program does not, will not, cannot, must not, impossible to fail. It just cannot fail provided, you do exactly what we tell you to do the way we tell you to do it. So now there's only one thing that you're gonna get to do for the rest of your days, but that's all you're gonna get to do, but you're the only one that's gonna get to do it. From now on you're gonna make a decision, and you're the one that's gonna make the decision, and we're gonna give you that decision right now to make, because if you don't give an alcoholic a decision to make, they'll flounder on the same subject For
1: years. (laughs) Now
0: we're going to decide, we're going to let you decide whether you're going to go our way of life or your way of life. Now you can tell me which one you're going to do. I said I don't want to do either one. (laughs) He said I didn't ask you what you wanted to do I asked you what you was going to do. I said do you mean to tell me that you don't care what I want to or not? He said not a bit. (laughs) I said, the group doesn't care, and he said, not at all. I said, well, if you'll make it perfectly clear to the group that I do not want to do it, then I'll do it. (laughs) He said, well, we gotta get some things straight first. First of all, that you're thinking it's wrong. I said, how much of my thinking's wrong? we always start with all of it <laughs> and if there's any any good we'll let you know i said you put a sign up there on the wall that says thank thank think, and he said that's for us
1: <laughs>
0: he said now we're going to give you some things not to do and some things to do now the things we're going to give you not to do is going to change the things we're going to give you to do you'll just add to. then it's going to happen over there i said well, what's going to happen over there We don't know, but it always happens. I said, I don't understand anything you're telling me. He said, and that's it, and don't you ever forget it. (laughs) I said, you didn't hear me, and you all never listened to me since I've been here. I said, I do not understand. He said, and that's it. And whatever you do, there's two things you're going to remember every day for the rest of your life no matter what's going on in your life you do not understand then you'll have understanding (laughs) then when you quit trying to understand you'll enjoy it and the other thing is no matter what your situation is it's never the situation it's never them it's never God it's you that must become different you must become different than you have ever been before I said, how do I do that? He said, oh, you can't. I said, what the hell you tell me for? (laughs) (laughs) He said, that's what's going to happen to you. He said, now I'm going to give you the kicker. This is the one thing that got you here. But it's also the one thing that if it does not change, It'll keep you from getting everything that's here for you that God has for his people. As long as you know that you know, you'll never know. But when you begin to do what we tell you not to do and to do, and begin to know you don't know, then you'll begin to know. (laughs) I said, hell, you're crazy. (laughs) He said, I know. Said now since you do not know how to not do something, we have to let you know how to not do something. So you know that card I gave you that has my number and four other men, no women, on my card? (laughs) And the group number, I said, yeah. When you get squirrely, definitely before you take a drink or a pill, you call one of those numbers no matter when it is. Now if you don't call, even if you don't drink, you didn't do it. Now that's the way we're going to learn how to not do something. Now this is the way we're gonna do every day. When you get up in the morning, want you get down on your knees and say these words and these words only, God take me today, let me be what you want me to be. Let thy will only be done in my life. Help me to death not take a drink of anything alcoholic or a mind-changing drug, amen. Do not need to tell God what he has not done, (laughs) nor what he needs to do. God can handle that all by himself. And then call me before you go to the bathroom. (laughs) I said, why before I go to the bathroom? You may not need to go. I said, do you mean to tell me that you don't think I've got sense enough to know when I need to go to the bathroom? He said, we'll find out. They don't give you a lot of credit here, you know. I got up next morning before I got down on my knees, I said, God, you and I know he don't know. Hell, he's a Presbyterian. We've been praying to you all our life, but we're going to do it just exactly like they say so when we get through, we can tell him to shove it. I got down on my knees and I said that prayer and I got up and made sure I need to go to the bathroom. Picked up that phone, called him, he said, Go to the bathroom and meet me at the club. He didn't even ask where I need to go not.
1: <laughs>
0: I met him at the club, and he said, now I go to work. I said, I hate my job. He said, what's that got to do with it? I said, you, didn't, you don't hear me. I said, I hate my job. He said, that has absolutely nothing to do with going to work. I said, well, I couldn't go yesterday. He so bad I couldn't go. He said, what you did?" said, I stayed home. He said, sit in that chair, thinking. I said, well, till noon, then I went to the club. He said, you don't know how to go to work. I said, how do you do it? Go get in the car. Oh!
1: <laughs>
0: if you write this down you can catch it.
1: <laughs> then he
0: said, and besides that prayer that you say of a morning that you're gonna say every morning from now on and we'll just add to it as we need to, always and when you get in the car to go to work always invite God into the day. I said, how do you do that? He said, you say, God, I invite you into today. Oh! <laughs> you write that down you'll, you can get it in about three weeks.
1: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> then I met him back at the club and you know how they are sit down Sonny, but don't say anything you can sit with us just listen the great wisdom is coming out of there and you can't hear a damn thing but <laughs> evidently is coming out I don't know what it was I never heard it and he said after me and I said now I'll go home and thank God for the day I said I did not thank God for the day it's been a miserable damn day I hate you and I hate God and I hate work and I hate her and I hate everybody. He said, that has absolutely nothing to do with it.
1: <clears throat> said,
0: always remember that what you're thinking about has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on. I said, you mean to tell me that I could have thought something different all day long would have had nothing to do? He said, absolutely nothing to do with it. It's the action that you're taking that's gonna make you different that you don't even know you're taking. And you can never take action for what you want to happen to happen. You'll always take the action, something else will happen before what's gonna happen is gonna happen. Well, I understood that so I didn't ask you about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I said, I'm not gonna go home and pray to God when by God, I don't mean it. I'm not gonna be a hypocrite. He said, do you feel like you're not sincere?
1: And I said, yes.
0: He said, God is not depending on you for his relationship with you at all. He's highly capable of taking care of that all by himself. The only thing you're going to be doing is what we tell you not to do and to do, and God's going to take care of all the rest of it." I said, do you mean tell me you don't care whether I mean it when I pray to God or not? He said, not at all. (laughs) The group doesn't care? Not a bit. Huh? Got in my car, went home, locked the door so Watson and couldn't get in there. Got down on my knees, said, okay, by God, God, thank you for a miserable damn day. Amen. (laughs) Hell, if he don't care, they don't care, God don't care, hell, I don't care. (laughs) Did that for about two months. And I was driving down that old loop in Houston about 9.15 one morning, and this God that I had never known as my friend moved in that car with me, God, that was the finest feeling I'd ever had. And for the first time I knew I knew something different than I had ever known it before. I knew I knew I would never need to take another drink of anything alcoholic or a mind-changing drug as long as I lived unless I myself insisted upon it. And I knew I knew it. And God, he stayed with me all day long. God, about three o'clock afternoon, I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I want to get a tent and some tambourines. (laughs) We're going to go save some souls. (laughs) I thought I had arrived and every day it's going to be just like this one. I couldn't wait for him to get back to the club. He's 15 minutes late. and He walked through that door and said, get your coffee and sit down.
1: (laughs) The Baptist has
0: taken over. They don't like it coming back. But he did it. And he sat down. I told him about it. He said, kind of grinned a little. Thank God we've got that over with. Now we can get started. (laughs) I said, my God, that took a year. He said, some are sicker than others. I don't even know where I am. Oh, what time is it? You gonna quit? <clears throat> you all got to go to the
1: bathroom?
0: <laughs> I went right before
1: <laughs> I said,
0: what are you gonna do about old what's her name? He said, well, you know, my wife and I, we ain't doing nothing about our marriage. We're just gonna leave it like it is. And he said, you know, most people that are still married now call it when they get here, married right. Some are not some shouldn't be married. And he says, we don't, you know, I'm gonna send you to a guy that's got it all worked out. So he sent me to a guy, and guess what he was? (laughs) Episcopalian. You know, they're just ones that got tired being a Catholic. (laughs) You can tell I knew a lot about theology before I got here. This guy said, what do you want? I said, I'm gonna tell you something. I have not been sleeping with old, what's her name? And I told my sponsor about it. He said, fine, that's a hell of an answer, you know. (laughs) And I said, I have always had one or two girls picked out and I'd lose them every once in a while. You know, I had a lot of compassion for the new girl. (laughs) I always made sure that that new girl was in my group that went to ice cream and sat by me. And she'd, she'd say, you know, I just don't feel comfortable talking to a woman but I feel comfortable talking to you. And I'd say, I'll help you, baby.
1: (laughs) But they wouldn't let me do it.
0: (laughs) Y'all probably don't have any trouble like that up here. We have a little trouble down in our group. (laughs) This guy says, what do you want? I said, well, they've had me on hold for about two years and I've got brain damage.
1: <laughs>
0: Couldn't drink, get any relief, you know. And he says, he said, I'll tell you what I'll do to you. So you know when you got to Alcoholics Anonymous and you didn't fit in here and you didn't fit back out there? I said, yeah. And you felt like you was the only man or only person going through it? I said, yeah. And it was, you weren't alone, but you were lonesome? I said, yeah. He said, if you're willing to make that lonesome walk through every area of your life, I'll not only guarantee you a relationship with one woman, I'll guarantee you a relationship with your fellow man that you could never believe. And I'll give you a bonus on top of that. I'll guarantee you a relationship with God that you could never have imagined. I said, I don't believe that. He said, isn't that fantastic? I said, what do you mean? You don't need to. I said, you mean tell me that I'll have to believe? He said, not at all. I said, I'm going to tell you one damn thing. I've been on this deal for two years, and I know I'm getting brain damage. <laughs> and said, if this does not work, I'm going back to doing things my way. And he said, well, you're the one that's got to change because you're the one that doesn't know how to live with a woman. Whether she knows how to live with you has absolutely nothing to do with it. Are you still married?" I said, yeah, she's there. We have a 2 holder. We just meet in the middle once in a while. We do not sleep together. I said, I've been praying for somebody to sleep with her. Nobody will.
1: <laughs> <clears throat>
0: he said, well, first of all, you've got to learn and you might as well practice on her because she's there and she's handy. You'd have to go get you over know, and just lock her so you could practice. So just practice right where you are. You're never going to tell her what's wrong with her ever again. I said, who's going to tell her? (laughs) He said, I don't know, but you're not. And you'll never tell her. And that'll either be with her or somebody else, and it won't be any different. And you're never going to work her around with friends, al children, or anything to get her to do anything. Or tell her what she needs to do. Ever? Never and you're going to pray for her I said I'm not (laughs) he said yes you are you're going to say this prayer and you may have to say it many many times a day in the beginning God Thy will be done for her as well as for me take our relationship let it become what you want it to be and show me the truth I said I do not want God's will to be done for her as well as for me he said remember what you want has absolutely nothing to do with it well, I started doing that. If you can't go tell them what you're doing, and I had a hell of a time with it. I didn't know I had a bad case. I just had to run out of the house. Couldn't even say good morning. And i just go to the club, go on to work. And I did that for about two months, three months, and then that old thing surfaced, that old sex-lust deal that was wrong with me, surfaced. And God, you know how we're all in pain. I told my sponsor every living day, sometimes two or three times, still had it, and then one, then I finally told the group. And one of the girls says, "You're not supposed to say that group."
1: <laughs> so I went over and told another group. <laughs> one of them
0: snitched on me. You know, we don't gossip here; we're just concerned.
1: <laughs>
0: and my sponsor says, "You know, usually when you stop doing something, God removes that. But that's not happening to you." So no, what's the name's out of town? You go home and get in that apartment, lock yourself up in there. We're so sick and tired of hearing about old what's-her-name and you and your thing.
1: <laughs>
0: we want you to go home, lock that door. Don't you call anybody or come out of there till you and God get rid of that. Well, I didn't want to work anyway, so i just take the day off.
1: <laughs>
0: so I went home, I started praying and crying and hitting the couch. I learned to quit hitting the bar, it hurt your hand, you know. And about 11 or 12 o'clock at night, I went to sleep next morning it was not there first time that I could remember I was free of that thing then I knew I needed I was capable of having a relationship with one person oh what's her name came back in town and you know what we had after she came back with my sickness (coughs) gone nothing (laughs) I went back to four meetings I thought I'm not going to tell (laughs) them that's the damn smart after the fourth meeting I thought well I'll tell him. He said, Oh, we knew it first night. I said, Why in the hell did you tell me? He said, You need to know that you're going to always be the last to know. I said, Why is that? He said, We don't know. <laughs> Evidently, you've got to be last before you can be first. So you'll remember, no matter what it is, we'll know before you know. And and oh, what's her name? She didn't know what to do with me then. And they took her to Al-Anon. They wouldn't let me take her or tell her to go. And, Alan Adams, I want you to put this down on record and on tape. I love you dearly. I shall always love you. If there's anything I could ever do, call me. She went to your meeting and found you depressing. (laughs) She went through three of them. Keep doing what you're doing. It's working every time. She was more depressed each time. Then my sponsor took us to an open meeting, all four of us and she's, we have a lady in Houston at that time that ran a, she was from a carnival, she ran a halfway house, Corny Mary, she came in with six ripe girls, been sober anywhere from two hours to 15 minutes, (laughs) (laughs) had picked four of them up from jail, she came in dressed properly for Saturday evening, she had on her plaid shirt, Blue jeans, plaid socks, and tennis shoes. Came up and threw her arms around me and hi, Jim, and kissed me and introduced me to the girls. Oh, what's her name? Got out and says, why don't you just stay on beer and get away from those folks? What I was so grateful for is she, all of her personalities just came out all one time. I saw all of them about five minutes, fifteen minutes, just boop, 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 and it didn't bother me at all. And we used the same lawyer to get a divorce. <laughs> She just had to explain to him what kind of guy I was so he'd know. And get ready for this though, folks. Once the truth's known, action has got to be taken. Two months later, I saw her best friend. She said, have you seen old, what's her name? I said, no. Happier and prettier than I have ever seen her. (laughs) I had to call my sponsor to keep from calling her and tell her what she was. I knew she had forgotten. (laughs) Well, I ran in. I was called on this girl in the hospital, and they would not let me do anything but go to AA and work, think all I want to, but no action. And they said, if you're ever around anybody, make sure that you start to establish, if it's getting a little bit friendly, that you are working towards a life that God's going to be ahead of every part of your life. So we talked about God and work. And then I took she and four other women to a hospital convention, and they accused us of going together. And sure enough, we had some different funny feelings. So after it was over, I said, God, I've got to go see her and face and tell her the truth. Nothing I can do about it. So I went, I didn't know whether she's married or what. Never talked about it. I said, I've got to see her in your office. We never went anywhere up to the cafeteria, so we went upstairs. And I said, well, I'm falling in love with you, but there's nothing I can do about it. My sponsor won't let me have an affair.
1: <laughs> then I knew i
0: said the wrong thing. I said, well, I might as well tell you the rest of it. she's a southern, southern, southern Baptist, you know, and I said, you might as well know, I'm an alcoholic. I go to AA every single night, twice on Saturday and Sunday. They let me do two things, work and go to AA, and that's all I get to do. Think all I want to, but I can't do nothing. (laughs) She said, well, what's it all about?
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know. (laughs) They
0: smoke and bitch because their eyes burn. (laughs) And they cry and they laugh. And they pray a lot, cuss, and they drink coffee and can't understand why they can't sleep at night. <laughs> I said, I have to call the sponsor. I called him, he said, What have you been doing? I said, I ain't done nothing.
1: <laughs>
0: he said, Bring her over here. I said, You'll have to go see my sponsor, and she looks funny, but she goes. We get over there, we come out of his bookstore and go in a little once a meal, and he same old deal, sit over there, Sonny, I'll handle this to her for an hour and a half. I thought, hell, I believe he's going with her.
1: <laughs> and
0: finally he says, well, God might be gonna do something for you here. Oh, I'd been waiting for that green light. I know how to get them started. Just <laughs> sign old Earl's name at the motel and get them going. I know how to do that. He said, no. Remember our deal? We made the agreement. Without God, AA, and AlAnon in that home, no home. She doesn't know. She had a bad marriage, but no alcohol was involved. She does not know whether she wants to go this way of life or not. She's got to go find out first. I said, What do you want me to do? Nothing. <laughs> got it. <clears throat> I had to tell her how to go to Al-Anon. Just go in there and tell them your name is Eloise. Don't tell them another damn thing. They need to know something else. She went took several times three times and they took them three times to tell her why not to go why not to go with an alcoholic that's all she told them i'm going now call took three meetings tell them don't go with it i understand it so i took her to an open meeting She heard the woman alcoholic talk she heard the program of alcoholics anonymous and she came back to that group and said you got a program here and i want it we converted that southern baptist and we now have that relationship that only God gives each man and each woman an alcoholic synonymous if they want to get it. We're totally free in our home and God a. and Alnon does live there. She has three children. They were grown. The oldest was a Southern Southern Baptist minister. It took about three years for him to come to see us. When he came, he had a little daughter. And over the years, Eloise put us all on our own and now they come to see us and don't go see their own dad. The middle guy guy's probably going to be one of us. He's living with a mattress.
1: <laughs> <coughs>
0: and he's gotten a divorce.
1: <coughs>
0: and he loves his mother and that's all he wanted to know was she happy. And the daughter had a bad relationship. Beautiful five foot eight blonde, blue eyed. Personnel was terrible. Hooks it up with a, after she lost her boyfriend with an old long bearded, dirty bearded, long haired, dirty haired, pot smoking boy. Finally, Eloise and Alan handled it. I don't know how they did it without me, but did. <laughs> they, actually they put them out by themselves and on their own, they cleaned up, went to college, got two girls now, one five, one two. And they call me Papa Jim and do not know the difference. And they come and spend Christmas with us and Thanksgiving with us. And we spend a little time and vacations together and that older daughter, she and I hot, uh, corn dog it together. She's saving her money now, so next time she can buy the corn dog. You know, I'm glad I know I know some things about you and I. One thing is that you and I are right on time. We're not late up to this moment. And I know, I know that God chose you and I to be his special people. And I know, I know that. I don't know when he chose us, probably by the time we were born, because he took care of us up through this minute. And I know, I know that my life and your life was never going to be any different until you and I got together. didn't make any difference what church you went to. If you went to 100, or didn't go to any. didn't make any difference where you turned left or right. Your life and my life was never going to be any different until you and I got together. And how did we get together? God himself sent us to get together. You didn't know that you were out there getting ready to be what God wanted you to be. You were never going to be until God put you and I, and I know I know that. And I know I know the only thing you and I don't know is that God really did choose us, and we are his special children. And But see, once we did our work and prepared ourselves to go on a program designed only by him and live a life of totally on faith, and the only way we could do that was to be sent to be with each other. And the difference was that now we've got the power that God gives his children so he can redo us, remake us into exactly what he had for us to be. Our purpose in life today, whether we know it or don't know it, doesn't make any difference. It's to fulfill what God has for you and I to do. And we're in that place today. And we've got that power just like it is right here. here. And you didn't know what you was looking for when you was coming here, did you? You didn't know I've got to get drunk one more time so I can get there. eh getting out on. So it's none of your business where you're going after you get here. (laughs) My path's going to be different than yours, and your path's going to be different than mine, but you and I now have the way to go down that path, and it's unlimited because God's got us in the palm of his hand, and we're in that place today, just like it is right now. We've got that power, and you can feel it in this room right now. you loving me, and me loving you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim.